And so when we say crossover, yes, the date will change from 2022 to 2023. That is certain. That's given. Whether you agree with that or not, it will happen. Whether you pray about it or not, it's going to happen. That is certain. But what we are talking about is that a man can cross over from darkness to light. A man can cross over from being poor, I mean material poor. A man can cross over from being material poor to being materially wealthy. A man can cross over from being spiritually poor to being spiritually healthy and wealthy. That's true. A man can cross over from one state to another. And that's what this is all about. So when you hear me say crossover, of course, I agree, the calendar. And how many of you know that it's not every part of the world that uses this calendar? How many of you know that? You know that, right? There are some people, their own um, year begins in, is it April or something? Yeah. For example, the Ethiopians don't use this. this they don't use this calendar. Yeah. So you just imagine... <laughs> Just imagine that every decision, every choice that you have made in your life is based on this calendar. Think about that. And you know, that's, that's the truth for many of us. How many of you know that? Yeah. That's what drives many of us. But this calendar is man-made. It's man that portioned it. And don't get me wrong, it's very useful. It's very, very useful that we have a timing system, we have a calendar. But how many of you know that you existed before this calendar? I hope you know that. So it will be an error that we limit our life and everything we are just to these numbers. That's what I'm trying to tell you that a man can cross over from darkness to what? To light. A man can cross over from being living his life in the flesh to living more in the spirit. And don't forget, when we say living in the flesh, we are talking about living by your five senses. That that man is not driven from something within him. Look at your neighbor and say, you have much to give. Tell somebody, you have much to give. You have much more to give. And when we say crossover, that's what we're talking about. That's what we're saying. Crossing over. Um, that's what we're discussing. That's what I want you to hold on. That's the light I want to be in your spirit. I don't feel like preaching or teaching this morning. I just feel like talking to you as a family. What this whole thing is all about. I just feel like pouring out my heart to let you see what, the, what I see or what I have seen. That no matter what state you are now, you can become better. Somebody say amen. Not only can you become better, you can become best. Somebody say amen. Not only can you become best, you can become the bestest. It's all about, let me tell you, let me tell you. I was telling uh, Lord's doing this morning. The truth about it is that humanity needs to evolve. Hmm? humanity needs to do what? To evolve. We have evolved technology in technology. We are still evolving. We have evolved in traveling. But humanity, that is, don't, and the, I know you know that humanity is the center of all these things. Humanity himself must evolve. What I'm talking about evolving is evolving from the limitations of his humanness to the realm of God where there are no limitations. This is, this is serious business, guys. This is serious business. This is something you need to give your, get your heart to understanding. 
that you are where you are now, you can evolve. And that involvement starts when a man redefines himself. And once a man redefines, or let me say this way, once a man rediscovers, or once a man's eye opens to who he really is, that man's eye opens, he realizes that, wait a minute, before I became a Jew or a Gentile, before I became a Muslim or Christian or Hindu, before I became, um, before I came into the body, listen to this, before I came into the body of a male or a female, I already existed. Are you with me this morning? Before I was born into a poor family or rich family, I already existed. And that the secret to all things is when man discovers who he was, who he was before environment conditioned him. And that what Jesus came to do, if you look at the whole picture, for example, baptism, it's like we being born on earth. It's like being baptized into death. Don't forget the water of baptism always represents death. It's like we're being born into it. But being there, after we are being born into it, remember, we are put into it. Is that true? And then we are raised up to a newness of life. We become new. We realize what man has lost is not food. What man has lost is not food. What man has lost is not clothing. What man has lost is not pleasure. That what man lost is his true identity. And that the way to restore man is to restore him to his true identity. And we now know what that identity is. And that is why God sent his son as that identity God manifested in a man to show us that identity. To say, you guys have been looking for me. You guys have been running around. Trying to do all kinds of stuff. But this is who you really are. And when a man wakes up to that identity. That man has translated or crossed over. From the limitations of humanity. Into the next level of existence. Which is his godness. I know you don't have it. You don't. There's no doubt in your mind that you came from God. Is that true? Maybe where you follow come. Huh? So we're trying to go back to our follow come state. That's what this whole thing is all about. That's what the... See, what I'm explaining to you here is the summary of the Bible. The summary of the message of Jesus. Jesus did not come to move people from one religion to another. He came to move all men out of religion. To move them out of what? Religion. Move them out of religion. Why? Because religion is man's attempt to find God. And so we give him all kinds of laws and the rules. And we tell him as long as you can keep these laws and these rules or worship God like this. Some people say it's towards the sun. Some people say you must fall on the ground. I mean, I used to be in a church where if you didn't fall on the ground, it looks like you never, in fact, it was an error. Hmm? They say, how can your papa, how can your pastor kneel down to worship God and you, you are standing? You know? So we came up with, because we really didn't know who God is. So we came up with all these speculations. All these ideas of what God looks like and how to worship God. And some people today, we get offended. 
that they see you sitting in church, you are a lady, and your hair is not covered. They get offended. Is that true? Say, what can I say? These people, these people, they don't believe in God. They are not God people. Say, why? Say, can you see them? The women are not covering their hair. <laughs> see, that's what we reduce the whole thing to because we really never understood the message of Jesus. The message of Jesus came and he said, hey guys, God is your father. Don't forget. Don't forget. Let's go back to beginning and understand that no man knew God as father until Jesus came. Is that true? That was the only thing that was lacking. They knew him as Jehovah Shammah. Jehovah Yahweh. What I call people? Jehovah Shab Shab. They knew him. They called him all kinds of names. But so God was distant. The one with the eyes of fire. The one who sits in heaven and uses the earth as his footstool. Yeah. No. And is God all those things? Yeah. He's all those things. But what they did not know is that that God, they are calling all those names, is their father. That's the see, that's the only thing that man, and up to today, that is still what men are struggling to know. How many of you know that? They call God father, but they rather worship him as God. They call, they say, I know, how you know we are all children of God. But in your heart, when you think about him, you think about one old headmaster that is monitoring your life. Cancel your good and pick on your wrongs. Is that what a true father looks like? No, sir. No, sir. The what man did not know before Jesus came is that God was their father. And it was at that point that the people who said they were following God, who had been preaching, that shall not murder, decided to plan how to murder him. <laughs> think, guys, think about that. The people who have been following God, who have been preaching, their book, they wrote it, Thou shall not murder. It's written down there. To tell you how dangerous religion is. They started to plot his murder. At what point did they start to plot his murder? It was at the point when he says, I am a son of God. Say, God, me and my father. He said, me and my father, we are one. They got so angry. They were so offended. In fact, right in the meeting, they didn't wait to go home to plan. Right in the meeting, they wanted to pick up stones and kill Jesus. Jesus asked them, why do you want to kill me? Is it because of the good works I've done? They said, no. We're not trying to kill you because of the good works. We are trying to kill you because you, a son of Adam, is calling yourself a son of God. In fact, they say you are calling yourself God. And that's the same thing today. Religious people find it hard to understand. If I say to them that I'm a son of God, no, they want a son of God to be an object of worship somewhere. Something they worship. They are worms of the earth, but they worship son of God. No, the message of Jesus is to open the eyes of humanity so that everyone will see their true identity. That you and I are sons of God. Somebody say a loud amen. Are you with me this morning? Remember, I'm not trying to teach. 
I'm not trying to preach this morning. I'm trying for us to have rub our minds together. Understand what this transition is. So when a man discovers that he is the son of God, that man has come to the climax of the message. That is why the Bible will say, it says a time will come when you will not need to teach your brother, say no God, because all of them will know him. It says. Say so you will not need to teach your brother. Because all of them will know that when a man accepts this identity and believes in it, it no longer matters where they born that man. It no longer matters whether that man's father was a poor farmer or a billionaire. He can transcend beyond that. Somebody say a very loud amen. Let me hear you say, I'm transcending. Come on now. Say, I'm growing. Say, I'm evolving. We have to evolve. So, what is remaining, friends, is for man to evolve from his humanness to his godness. That's what is remaining. And what happens is that so now, when a man, for example, let me use a practical example. You know that there's man's love, there's God's love. Maybe so. Huh? Is that true? Am I saying the right thing? There's man's love and there is uh, God's love. And as long as a man is a man, he will love like uh, a man. And the difference is this. A man loves for his own sake. Don't let anybody deceive you. Sisters, she be, now, now you they receive, I love you, I love you. Not be so. A man loves for his own sake. A man loves for his own self-preservation. What a man calls love is that I have looked at you. I'm talking about, when I say love, and I'm talking about relationship, right? Is that a man comes... He has looked at you. Number one, he knows you. He thinks you will not cause him trouble. He doesn't know that trouble is is coming. (laughs) He looks at you because of the way you smile in church or how you greet everybody. He thinks this one wouldn't give you a problem. Or he looks at you, he thinks that "Mm, this one, even if I'm making 35K a month, we can manage Hmm? or he looks at you, you are attractive to him. See, you get to have something to offer. That's why I say to people, when a man comes close his eye and say, I love you, I love you, uh, I love you past my mother, if I don't do this, I say, uncle, open your eyes, let us talk. Open your eyes. A man must look at something to benefit him before he says, this is it for me. I love you. And then he's trying to write you poems, buy you banana and granite <laughs> to convince you. <laughs> to convince you, you know. Maybe I've got an egg to eat, you know. <laughs> what is it? He's trying to convince you of his love. Meanwhile, all that time, he's trying to get something. Because he has why do, why do we choose? That's why we choose. That's why we choose. We choose carefully the one that we think we meet our own need. And that is why we can say to somebody today, I love you. I want to die because of you. In the next six months, 
the love has completely expired. Why is that? Because you are no longer meeting that uh, need. Simple. Don't let it. See, when we understand humanity, eh, you can operate at a high level. That's what I'm telling you this time. You can understand. You can avoid many things. Now, and truly, when he's saying that thing, butterflies are moving his stomach. He's convinced that that is love. But when you can no longer meet that need, or when what he expected does not happen, the butterflies will start to fly out one at a time. And then everything is over. Hey, sisters, don't laugh too much because it's also the same thing with you. It's the same thing. Why have you not accepted all the people who have been toasting you since? Why didn't you accept? Huh? Why didn't you accept? It would have been that anybody who comes and says, Glory be to God, after all. Nah. No, you are selecting. You will select. You will look at their head. <laughs> you look at whether the man has big stomach or not. <laughs> Say, man, I, I don't think I want to deal, I don't think I want to deal with this, right? When, you, you, when people say, I want to go and ask God to see whether this is good for me, forget that stuff. What you are trying to go and ask God, whether this one will meet your need, is as simple as that. You don't want somebody to cheat on you. You don't want someone to beat on you. At least, some of you has hustled. So, you would like somebody who will provide. Is that true? There's nothing, no, 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 look up. There's nothing wrong about this since I'm saying. I hope you know that. No, but we have to understand how humanity operates. And that's why I say, before we get something else, we have to be, our form has to change. Because as long as you're a man, you will do like a, a man. And then, you will not check whether his mother is alive or his father. Because you don't want to deal with mother-in-law issues. You don't want drama. You ask them, how many sisters do you have? <laughs> how many sisters do you have? Auntie, you are trying to be safe. After when you have considered all these factors, you now say, okay, me too. I love you. And if you go in there, the man who was, and you know, you know, guys, you know, guys can pretend a lot in these things when they are trying to convince you. No, it's true now. Are you just finding out? <laughs> Are you just finding out? The man has been following you to market every day. Follow you to market. Follow you. It is an assembly. Don't deceive yourself. Until when you enter, yeah, that's it. Go market. Say, for what now? Follow you go market. Say, what happened? All that time, he was just trying to win you over. Right? That's what he was trying to do. See, that's the. You know why I used that kind of love to tell you how limited man's love can be? Very limited. Now, after two years or three years, you are trying to manage each other. That's when you realize that the man's head was actually bigger than it looked in the beginning. <laughs> the man's head was actually bigger and, than it looked from the beginning. Start to see all kinds of stuff. And then, you know, the mission returned. Listen, listen, friends. You know, we can talk about these things and be free so that you are free. Right? Now, but you know that God's love is different. How many of you know that? God's love is different. God is the one that loves us for our own sake. 
that somebody can love somebody for their sake. You are loving somebody because you have looked at this person and you see that you have all it takes to make their life better. To sacrifice for them. They may not want it. Man, that kind of love is foul. Let's be truthful. Very far. That's why I'm telling you that humanity needs to evolve from his human limitation to the realm of God where nothing is what? Impossible. That's what's going on, friends. It doesn't see. And so, so guess what? So this man that is man, we are now trying to teach him love like God. Love like God. How? No, for the man to love like God, he must first become like a God. Because it is out of that Godness in him that he can love beyond limitations. Look at what Jesus said to his disciples. He said that they will know that you are my disciples when they see how much you love what? One another. Because this love he's talking about is not human love. Because many people have seen human love. But he said they will know that you are my disciples when they see how much you love one another. Because this love is divine. And that's why when a human being sees it, they will see that it's a different one. So they will identify you by how much you love one another. That a man can grow to that point when you look at human beings, you see them in their weaknesses. You see them in their limitations. You see them that the best of a man will always be a man. You grow up to that point when your own anger towards them limits. When the way you flare up with things concerning them drops down. Now you are becoming more like your father. If God divest like we divest, none of us will be there. How many of you know that? Yeah. So, when we say crossover, sir, that's what we are talking about. That a man crosses over from his humanness to his godness. Look at the way Jesus lived his life. He saw, see, understand, friends, li listen, listen. When you are calling Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, that man of Galilee, Jesus Christ, don't forget that the man you are calling Jesus Christ is, was an embodiment of a message. That's why the Bible says that the word became what? Flesh and the word among us. It's like I've been trying to teach you how to fly. Mm -hmm. I've been trying to teach you how to fly. I've sent you all kinds of messages on how, how to fly. And then the teacher decides to become a bird. Rather than you understanding that he's trying to teach you how to fly, you start to worship him like a bird. No. Jesus was an embodiment of a message. And what is that message? Hey guys, look, God is your father. I am the son of God. You are just like me. So that you have like a reference point. Is that getting clear for everybody? So that you have a reference. See, the Bible said we are redeemed or saved by faith. That's what faith is. Faith is that we look at Jesus and say, Wow, God, that is man. Man, that is God. That is how I am. That is it. See, any other thing that we are doing or practicing is limiting us. So when you pray now, right? You pray. Imagine what they used to teach us. That there are different layers that your prayers have to go before it goes to God. How many of you heard that before? Different, different layers. 
So you go to layer one, when you are praying for two hours, you are still at layer two. You know? <laughs> when you have prayed at layer three, then you go layer by layer before you reach where God is. Meanwhile, the God you are looking for, where is he? Inside of you. That's why Jesus says, he says, don't be like the Gentiles, those who don't know God, the Gentiles are those who don't say, don't be like them, for they think that God will hear them because of their many words. They think that God will hear them because of their drama. He said, no, you, when you pray, do what? Go inside. He says, speak to your father in secret. The one who hears in secret will reward you how? Openly. And like Pastor Ma used to do, it is not inside the door. It is not to go inside your bedroom and close the door. Mm -mm, that's, that's not what he's talking about. He's talking about going inside of yourself. Deep down. Where? In your heart. Where God lives. And close the door to every other thing outside. Close the door to who they say you are. Outside. Close the door to what the bank account looks like. Where? Outside. Close the door to whether you live in one part of town or another. Close the door whether your parents are rich or poor. Close the door whether you are male or female. Because in this place of your heart, that's where your father lives. Are you following me this morning? So quietly in that place, commune with your father. And when the Bible talks about two shall agree, that's actually what it is. You come to a place of agreement. That you are saved. You come to a place of agreement. That you are the son of God. You come to the place of agreement. That you have crossed over from poverty to wealth. Somebody say amen. Say me. Lai like, lai. Like, settle. Say me. Somebody can cross over this year. In the place of your heart. And you agree with your father. Oh I have much more to offer. Because in that place, we are neither male nor female. We are neither Jew nor Gentile. We are neither black or white. These things are what we need to close the door to. If so, but what did we do? We heard Jesus. We took his message. We turned it into another religion. No, sir. We must move away from religion to the fullness of the kingdom. Somebody say a loud amen. amen. That through you and I, the kingdom of God is seen. Because we have to walk the earth as sons of God. That's what Jesus came to demonstrate. To show how we walk the earth as sons of God. That through us, our father is made visible. That when you hear Christ... What it means is the visibility of God. God made visible. Where you can hear his voice. Where you can feel his kindness. Where this glory is tangible. The glory is no longer a smoke. No, the glory is in the attributes of God that you and I manifest. Or you and I show forth. That's what this whole thing is all about. And I hope that you can understand it. This is not complicated. If you raise your children, teaching them that they are sons of God, you are breaking them from limitations. The way we used to raise them is to tell them, you are a girl, behave like a girl. Is that true? No, me so. 
You're a girl, behave like a girl. No, that's okay. It's okay to start with. But don't forget, that means for the rest of our life, she thinks like a girl. That's it. For the rest of her life, she thinks like a girl. And thinking like a girl, meaning that the society have decided what a girl can do and what a girl cannot eh, do. That's it. You have just plugged her into limitations. They told Pastor Madam, a man is not supposed to cry. No, so. I mean, when Pastor Man won't cry. <laughs> Pastor Man won't cry. Say, no, shut up. Mm -hmm. Say, you're a man. <laughs> you grow up, you bottle up so much anger, so much frustration. Yeah? So much frustration. Now you go and marry one somebody's daughter now, you want to kill them in the house. Because all the anger, <laughs> all the anger, all the tears that you're supposed to cry, they say, mm, man, man doesn't cry. Yeah? <laughs> you know, see, see, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, listen, listen. I'm saying this in lightly, but how many of you know that what I'm saying is very serious? If you raise your child as a girl, you know, so watch this now. Rather than her thinking about some certain things, she might join them to start to fight the fight between men and women. Woman emancipation. Woman emancipation. Why? Because you've identified her somewhere. You have already put her into a battle. Woman emancipation. No. In this our kingdom, you know what the rule is. There's neither male nor simple. There's neither male nor female. That neither male nor female is not that we don't have male or female bodies. It's talking about the reality of our spirits. It's talking about who we really are. The reality of our spirits. The reality of our spirit. And how many of you know that? You know what the Bible says? God is what? Spirit. Spirit, no game man, no game woman. Don't forget, don't, uh, forget about the spiritual wife and spiritual husband. Spiritual wife and spiritual husband. <laughs> I went, I was, I was, um, I, I, remember I'm not preaching to you this morning, so I'm just, you know, trying to help us wrap up things. I was talking to my, I was telling Lozwin this morning, I was talking to my cousin within this week uh, because I went, I traveled home and uh, I went to see my uncle. That my uncle was, it's like a father. But me and him have not been talking for a while. Nobody said we quarrel. But we've not been speaking for a while. There's no problem. This is the, no, no, sorry. There's a problem. Because if we are not speaking, that means there's a, a problem. What is the problem? This man is educated. But his religion has messed up his head completely. That somebody can be dying of a heart attack. He's convinced that somebody else has killed him. And so I was with him many years after I drove to his house about two weeks ago. The same story. He started telling me. Say, this man, you know, I hope you know, used to know this man. I say, yes, yes. Say, he just died, though. I said, what well, have you said? They were somewhere knocking something on his head. And the man started shouting, his head, his head, his feather, and died. Now, you know, these things, let me tell you how dangerous these things are. 
if there was somebody that had quarreled with that man, no be killer now. They forget. Look up here. They forget that at home we have an aging population with all kinds of undiagnosed medical issues. When I was a kid, the people I called uncle, are they supposed to be young now? No, they are older population with undiagnosed medical. I went home, my sister, my own sister, who is dealing with some medical issues, they have convinced them that Coke is not good, Fanta is not good, but Fearless is better. This was, I told her, I said, I don't drink this. She said, she, 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 no, she too. She doesn't, but she has stopped all those things. There's a better one now. She said, I said, what is it? Say fearless. And, he, and, and, and you know what happened? You know the funny thing about it? She, she was waiting for me in my house before I came in. She has already drank one. Because when I came, I saw the fearless bottle down there. She has already drank one. That's when she told me. She just had one now. You know? See, that's what I'm telling you, friends. That's what I'm telling you. These things are dangerous because it keeps cutting, bringing... If, imagine somebody sitting somewhere. Look, listen to this. Imagine someone sitting somewhere, right? Losing a loved one, right? And but being convinced that this loved one was killed by somebody. Does he do something damaging to that person? He makes you angry. He makes you grow with pain. He makes you see humanity as only evil. So somebody killed him. So they were just knocking, they were somewhere knocking something on his head. So my cousin was even telling me, see, this thing has even given a weight between them and their, and their father. I don't want to go and sit down with somebody and tell me who killed each other. See, that's where humanity is. And that's what they have missed religion, missed this whole thing. See, you and I cannot offer a different light except if we cross over from our humanness to what? Our Godness. Somebody say amen. Let me hear you put your hand on your chest say, I'm a son of God. Come on. Say, I am a son of God. Or say, like you may say, I'm a son of God. Sir. That is why God brought you here. That's the message you gotta receive. See, everything I have preached from the beginning of this ministry to now, this is the climax. And God took us from place to place to place to place to place. Every message must have a climax. I was telling you guys that if you think that the Bible is something we keep reading, we read, we read, we come all your life, we keep reading, keep reading, keep reading, never coming for the truth is a lie. Bible has a message that you need to understand. It has one message from the beginning to the end. What did the Bible start with beginning? He said he created them in his image and what? Maybe so. If something is created in the image and likeness of something, are, are they different? Look, look at this carefully. He did not only say image. He said likeness. Image represents what some, something is. Likeness is that this thing has all their characters. Ah, so why is it difficult for people to understand what Jesus came to tell us? Because that you are the image of you are the image of God on earth. That's what he said. You are the likeness of God. 
on earth. God brought you here so that he that is not visible will become visible. So that God is no longer a mirage. God is seen in me and in you as his sons. See, Kimna, you know, pass that one. Don't let nobody bamboozle you with these things. You've got to grow. Grow to the full understanding. Brother Paul said, I preach with utmost intensity to bring them to the full understanding of what? Truth. So when Jesus says, I am the way, I am the truth, I am the life, what is he saying? He says, the only way, you, this is the way he says, he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one gets to who? The Father, except by me. He's not saying, except somebody says, Jesus ten times. No, no, no. What he says that the only way to get to the Father is to become like me. Who is he? The Son. That's what he said. The only way to get to the Father is to become a son. Answer. Doesn't even that make practical sense? Let me say, I don't know this young man. Have you seen me before? Good. Huh? Okay. And for some reason, we get connected. And the guy says, sorry, where are you from? Adam State. Perfect example. Perfect example. He's from Adam State and from Adia State. And we, we met. And the guy says, Pastor, you know, for the rest of my life, I'm going to be your son. What happens? I'm already his father. Are we now in a relationship? Have we become one now? Right? So whether he's from Abia or Adamawa, no longer matters. Is that true? That is, see, is that, is that simple? Jesus came and said, God is your father. And this is why. You see all those names they used to call God? Jesus never called him any of those names. I hope you notice that. Everywhere he spoke, he would tell them, your father, your father. He looked at the disciple and says, I'm going to my father and your father. The work of the Holy Spirit is to make the fatherness of God real to us. That's why the Bible says, Romans chapter 8, he said, those that are led by the Holy Spirit are sons of God. Because the Holy Spirit is supposed to lead us into the realization of the fullness of our sonship. Okay, those who are led, that leading there is not uh, when you wake up in the morning, should I drink a camel or should I fast? And then the Holy Ghost will say, no, mm, 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 No. Can we be led in those ways? Yes. But that particular scripture, go back home and go and read. Say those who are led because we are now being led to discover. If you read the TPT, it would explain it better for you. We are being led. His work is to lead us. Because down, down the line, he says, he says, as he rises within us, we are joined together in spirit. And then we call him Abba Father. Abba Father. You know what that means? Daddy Father. Every man can, every man, with a correct biology can be a father. Is that true? Hmm? Am I talking to you this morning? 
every man with correct biology can be a father. But not every father can be a daddy. Two different things. Every man can father a child. But it takes a special relationship to be Abba. Beloved father. Says. That's it. That's it. Look at your neighbor and say, neighbor, grow up. Tell them, grow up. Stop them. Touch them. Touch someone. Touch them. Say, neighbor, grow up. Oh, grow up. Grow up. Grow up. Grow up. Just grow up. See, see that, that <laughs> see, see that's that's how this is supposed to be. Because if you don't grow up, you keep struggling under this whole thing. No, you need to move and cross over. So when you think about yourself, like I was sharing, was it last Sunday or the other Sunday? I was talking to somebody. I said, Do you know most times, eh? Let's believe. Do you know most times we plan our lives from our fears? You know that, right? We plan our life from our failures. You know that, right? When, when you calculate yourself, finish, you never see 10K. You will reduce the plan of your life to 5K. That's, see, that's how we plan our lives. That's how we plan our lives. You ask a brother, do you want to marry? He say, he say what's the, what is the issue? He said, Pastor, you know, these ladies these days, uh, they are with one, it's expensive. What is he saying? <laughs> what is he saying? I don't have money. <laughs> That's what. So he's looking for somebody who will manage his poverty. No, that's true. Now, I'm not saying waste your money and stuff, but that's the thinking. Forget about the reform. But that's the thinking. He's, he has looked at himself. I don't want problem. I want somebody that even if she doesn't make her hair in two years, she wouldn't have a problem. And look up here. And that's what he's praying for. <laughs> that's what he's praying for. So even the prayer you're praying yourself is from your weakness. It's from your fears. It's from your limitation. When you look yourself finished, say, ah, I beg. If you can just manage. And that's why I said to people, if you continue to see yourself, they, they, when you hear somebody says, I just paid two million or three million for apartment, you say, for what? For what? It's not your money. First and for what? It's not your money. Say, ah, why would I pay two point something million for, for apartment? You can go to, if you pass Jikowi, you go to another Jikowi, then you go to another Jikowi, then you go to another Jikowi. That place has this 150. How's this 150? How's this 150? Now, now, I'm not saying that living in those places is bad, but I'm trying to use it to show you how most times, even our faith, what you call faith, is driven by your limitations and your fears. Your prayer points are driven from there. That's why if you they go and see where they write one big bulb, anointing to break, to, to, to break poverty, start thinking, mm, that would be a good service. No, sirs. Ma, I plead with you, brothers and sisters. I plead with you. Understand what Christ means. Understand the work of the Holy Spirit. Understand that we have been made to be his sons. Understand that. Once you start to understand that, and start to think of your life from that realm, I kid you not, friends. 
you see a different picture of yourself, of life, of everything. I can spend my time here trying to preach a message on how to get a job. And there's nothing wrong about that. But how many of you know? How many of you have also prayed so much to get a job? When you can't get the job, say, you said this job now, and I'm not saying every time else like that, but you are more than a job. That's what I'm telling you, friends. You're more than a job. That if you reposition yourself where you're supposed to be, you too will know that you're more than a, a job. You too will know. You, too, you, you will know. You will know you're more than that. That what has been driving you all along is your fears. What has been dra dragging you down all along is your pain. Most times we plan on. And with this thing I'm telling you, listen, all of us are involved, including your pastor. We're all learning in the process. I'm not standing here telling you because me have arrived. I don't know. I'm just discovering. At the same time, because nobody told me these things. What they told me is that God is in heaven. As long as I can be a good guy, pray as much as I can, give as much as I can, fast as much as I can, then he will touch his heart. And then he starts to bless me. Nobody told me that everything I've been looking for is inside of me. I just discovered that. And so I share with you. It's a journey for all of us. We are going on a journey. What God has brought down is to bring you a night. It's like all our life we've been climbing a mountain. Now we get to the top of it. Now you sit at the top of it. You look at your life. And you see that you have a different picture. That's what it's all about. You know the Mount of Transfiguration. Remember? On that mountain, when they got there, Jesus, right before their eyes, transfigured God into the fullness of his glory. Right before their eyes. They've been following him as a man. Suddenly, they see that this flesh just covered something. That's what they saw. They saw that this flesh just covered something. There's something else. And guess what they, guess what they tried to do? What Peter suggested is what we have been doing. It's what we have been doing. Peter said, ah, this is mighty. Let us build three tabernacles. Or three types of religion. Or three types of worship systems. He said, let's build three. One for Moses. Don't forget, Peter was a Jew, right? So he can never discount Moses and the Elijah. Because that's the one they know. Say, so let's build three tabernacles. Quick, quick, quick. Say, so one for Moses, one for Elijah, and one for Jesus. So that we can worship three ways, three systems. Don't forget today, those three tabernacles represent all the religions that you see. The one for Moses is the one that is done by the law. It's law. Law. How you make your hair, how you paint your face, what you eat, what you don't eat, how many times you pray, whether you prayed enough, didn't pray enough, you know, and then they add more, more laws, more, 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 as if they won. Don't forget, they gave man only one who, only one, don't eat of this, he could not keep it. Then 10, then 20, 30, which one? They make it more laws, more laws. That is Moses' religion. It's about the laws. And don't forget that once you subscribe to that, anyone who fails the law, there's a punishment. Is that true? 
kill him. That's a punishment. That's why the Bible said we are delivered from the curse of the law. Because if you subject yourself to that, that becomes your reality. That's the one of law, Moses by law. Then the one of Elijah is the one. What does that one mean? Prophets. Hmm? Elijah represents the prophets. Those who call down fire from heaven. Hmm? And sometimes it's a mixture. You go to some places, it's a mixture. When we praise and worship, it's one. When offering time comes, we switch to another level. If you don't pay, you are going to hell. If you don't give, God will curse you. In one service, we can worship three tabernacles at the same time. We open up with Jesus. Oh, Jesus is, we sing, the, oh, Jesus is, this is Christmas, Christmas carol everywhere. But we switch from each one. Some people mix them together. Some people switch. And also, what that has created is that in your heart, you have different levels of tabernacles of worship. Remember that when God spoke, God did not say, don't do for Elijah, don't do for Moses, but do for Jesus. Did he say that? Church, did he say that? I'm reading to you, even though I'm not showing up on the board, I'm reading to you Matthew 17. When you go back and go and read. He didn't say, Peter, oh Peter, Peter, you are correct. Cancel Moses, cancel Elijah, but be one for Jesus. He didn't say that. What did he say to them? This is who my beloved son. What did he say next? Listen to him. That's what he said. That's what God said. Listen to him. Why is that? Because he has a message for you. He didn't say build a tabernacle for him. God never said build a tabernacle. No, 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 no. Cancel Elijah. Cancel Moses. Now build a tabernacle for Jesus. Never said that. Say, eh, eh. This is my beloved son. Listen to him. That's what he said to them. The instruction was listen to him because Jesus brought us the message. As he is a beloved son of God, so we are beloved sons of uh, God. Simple. That is it, friends. And so, with this, with this seed in your heart, trust me, you can cross over from any level to any level. With this seed in your heart, it doesn't matter what the physical situation looks like. Some of you, you may have to lose something. It's true. Some of you will gain immediately. Some, you will lose something. But the loss of that something is taking you to somewhere greater. Someone say a loud amen. Of course, in the church here, we've got to make adjustments. One thing is obvious. That the message in my mouth is beyond what I need to stand here on every Sunday preaching. How many of you have seen that already? That's just true. I don't have to tell you that. The message in my mouth is not something, you know, so I have to transition from this level to another level. There's a word out there that needs to hear a message. How many of you agree with that? That's just the truth. So changes has to be made. I'm just preparing your mind so that you are aware that my time my time of standing here every Sunday to preach this message is coming to an end. The message in my mouth has to go beyond this place to those who, to the word dying 
to hear it. That I need to go out and tell the Hindu man, the Muslim man, the Jew, the Gentile, the black or the white, that before you became that, you were first what? The son of God. That redemption is bringing man back to his status, his real status. That's why the Bible says, to them that believe, he gave them power to be what? Sons of God. Simple. It doesn't matter whether that man is poor or rich, black or white, Jew or Gentile. You gotta give them that message. And that's what the transition is from personally. Some of you, it's gonna be different things. If the message is not radicalizing our approach, then what we are doing is taking a new wine and putting it where? Inside an old bottle. Some of you, this transition supposed to be major for you because you are not stepping into what God has always put inside of you. But in a different dimension because the cloak of religion is being removed. Hmm? Now, with your eyes of word, you can see clearly. You can design your programs now with your eyes seen. Knowing that despite the fact that we are born differently and worship differently but we all are children of the same father no more limitations I see you breaking boundaries in the name of Jesus that's the truth that is the truth give your heart to it open up your heart to it have you heard something from me today are you sure you've heard something are you sure I ask you one more time are you sure you've heard something who are you my people I ask you again, who are you? Please hold on to that. That is the treasure. You know, all our life we've been looking for a treasure. We've been looking for an answer. We've been looking for a miracle. We've been looking for one key to open all doors. This is the key that opens uh, all doors. This is the master key. That how you see yourself as a son of God. As my father is, so I am. That's my prayer. As my father thinks, so I think. As my father speaks, so I speak. As my father loves, so I love. I am no longer loving that other one. I have transitioned. Amen and amen. That's all I have for you this morning. Bow down your head. And I want you to listen to me very carefully. There's no much movement. Just listen to me. Bow down your head and listen to this voice very carefully. You're going to start to pray, right? And ask, what does this message mean for me in my everyday life? What, is the, what does this mean? What does this mean? Just that's your meditation. What does this mean? That right now you just realized, you just found out. And if you have never acknowledged that before, please, if you're in this place, this call is for everybody. You just have to acknowledge in your heart. This thing this man is saying is true. I am a son of God. That's it. You have transitioned from death to life. I am a son of God. I am a son of God. So if you're a son of God, what does that mean to you? What does that mean? What is the meaning of that? Just, 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 I want to begin something with you that you should do throughout these holidays. You can go and eat your rice and do all the stuff that you do. But please, beloved, spend some time. 
in quiet meditation, in prayers. And you see what happens. Your eyes will start to open beyond your limitations. Your eyes will start to open beyond your limitations. You can see that all along, it's like you've been operating under a bar. Heavens is now opened unto you. Heavens is now opened unto you. Friends, see, that's what you should do. That's what you should spend your time doing this holidays. Asking, I am a son of God. What does this mean to my everyday life? What does this mean to my career, to my ministry, to my marriage, to how I raise my children, to how I am a mother? What does this mean to how I'm a father, to how I expect to be a wife, a husband? What does this mean to me? To how I live my life every day? What does this mean to me? Friends, that's what, that's what this is all about. And everybody here who does that, God is not going to answer one person and skip the other. No. He's answered all of our prayers. But now we have to, you know, move to different ways of ministry. Different arenas. Different places. Different things. To reach out the world. God has raised you up as a son. You got to raise up other sons. You got to minister to other sons. You got to bring them in to the house. Let us stand to our feet now, everyone. Thank you, Jesus. You speed the sea so I can walk right through it. My feet are drowning perfect love. You rescue me so I can stand and sing.